tell you a little bit about um, these two beautiful, beautiful souls that have joined us today. Uh, I am very blessed to call them family. I have uh, a remarkable extended family and one of those remarkable women that have helped form me is uh, Christine Pollich, which was uh, Anita and, and, and Maya's mother. So I, I grew up, um, you know, going to my aunt's house and uh, it was, anyway, I'm going to get emotional, but it was their family that sponsored our family to come from Poland to Canada. And uh, so I want to introduce you, Maya. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself so that... Yeah. Hi, everyone. It's so fun to be here with you again. I uh, I guess I met some of you at before Advent started, and it looked a little different, but similar setup. Um, my name is Maya Nezik. I've been married for five years to Edward, and uh, we have one uh, one little son. His name is Anton, and he's three and a half. Um, thankfully, I farmed him out today to my sister-in-law, so I'm so grateful I got to dress up, I got to do my makeup, which, you know, I haven't done in a while, um, so uh, it's really fun. I, I have a background in art and teaching, as well as uh, church ministry, so um, that combination of, of, of expertise, let's say, um, makes it sort of a natural thing for me to to catechize through beauty um through making things through um i don't know just uh incarnating um beauty and truth in my home so i'm so glad to be able to share this with you today um and uh i'm not sure what else i whatever you, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, you can google I'll, me if you want more <laughs> yeah. and i uh, also wanted to introduce you to Anita, uh, her sister, who also has, uh, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of remarkable gifts. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Anita? Yes, thank you, Dorothy, for that lovely introduction. Um, great to be back here. I was on Midday Moms, actually, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so I've, I've uh, enjoyed this forum before. And um, I guess, like Dorothy said, I'm, I'm Maya's sister, for starters. That's why I'm here. Um, I'm married to my husband, Michael. We're coming up to 20 years, actually, this uh, this July. We have seven children. Um, our oldest is just about 19, and she's in her first year at McMaster studying nursing. And our youngest is four, um, Dominic, <laughs> who will start school in the fall for the first time. So uh, every age and stage in between four and 19. So it's pretty crazy. So at any moment, somebody could come barreling into this room, but I did kind of barricade the door and, tell, and threw food at them and put a show on. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I have a, a background in theology myself. So I, I studied at the Franciscan University of Steubenville and I did my degree in um, theology with a concentration in religious education. So uh, like Maya, I also have a background in teaching. Um, but because we come from the same line, uh, we have the same uh, desire to, like Maya said, bring beauty into the home. And in particular, in the gift of hospitality is something that I, I like to speak on and uh, share with my friends as well, that uh, we're all called to sort of open our homes and our hearts to other people and kind of what that can look like. So um, I will just put a plug in because I know you've had the Modern Lady podcast ladies on here a few times. So 
Lindsay and Michelle are the modern ladies uh, from the Modern Lady podcast. And one of their earlier episodes in their first season, uh, I was on there giving an interview about this same topic, about hospitality, decor, not specifically about Easter. So if anyone's interested in learning more about that in terms of our background, uh, feel free to check that out. But yeah. it's great to be here and thanks for having us back. Yeah, it's, uh, and oh my gosh, look at Lindsay's. Lindsay's there. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we, uh, we, we love, uh, we love Lindsay and Michelle. Very yep. excited to, to have them. Um, we, we hope to have them back for sure. Those are some legitimate, awesome Catholic ladies. So it's great that you've had them on. I'm glad you, I'm glad that you're getting to know them. Yeah, people are saying like, Dorothy, can you tell me about indulgences? And I said, uh, no, but I'll plug into my network. I'm sure there's someone like that. Absolutely. So anyway, why are we here today? We are here um, just to learn about how to beautify our homes uh, for the Easter season and how that might affect uh, our family and our family life. So uh, take it away, Maya. All right. This is like, I'm like, I'm shaking with excitement. This is so much fun. This is like my playground. I can do this all day long. Um, so I want to just, uh, this is a little um, announcement at the very start of my presentation. No glue guns will be used in this presentation. Um, you do not have to go to any store to get anything to make your home beautiful for Easter. Um, I tried to keep it really simple because, um, because beauty is, is really accessible. Beauty is all around us. I want to help you focus in on how to hone in that beauty. And a lot of it has to do with putting stuff away so that the beauty can come forward. So um, first of all, um, I have a lot of stuff because I'm a collector of sorts. Um, I'm also an artist, so I'm always reinventing things. I'm always recycling, re, uh, repurposing, and so on. Um, so I realized that in this kind of era of minimalism and, uh, you know, people really getting on to this, um, throw everything out and only have what you need, I, I think that's awesome because that's really convenient and practical. Um, but then you need to also remember these moments like Easter and, you know, Holy Week and the Triduum. And as a Catholic, these things that we might have thrown out that we thought were just stupid decorations, they will come in handy. So there's, there's three things that I feel would really enhance the, um, the sort of um, display that, that will bring Christ into your home and to bring the liturgy a little bit into our homes, um, particularly during Holy Week. Um, I'm not gonna really talk too much about activities you can do with children, separate thing, as well as Pinterest has kind of exhausted um, all of that stuff. You know, the, the toddler, the, the crafts, um, the advent, the, um, the Easter garden and so on. You know, if you if you want, anyway, maybe we'll do that next year, Dorothy. <laughs> we'll start a little earlier and, and we'll do something for Lent with little kids. But anyhow, um, yeah, so there's three things I think you really need to collect or, or to have, not to, to collect over time. I just mean to keep looking for and to have that in your Easter decoration box. So yeah, I do think you need to have that. I mean, it's part of, um, it's part of our life as Catholics. We're in, we, we go through seasons, right? Liturgical seasons. 
So one of those things is to have a, a fair size image of Christ in his agony. Um, the Eastern, um, the, the Eastern tradition, they call it the Christ, the bridegroom. And um, this is actually an icon I printed off the internet and it's public domain. I did this last year. I, I have the link if, if, if you would like, it's, um, it's free to print. It's not like you have to have um, permission, but it's, it's really, it's an exquisite image. It's Christ the bridegroom and it's, um, it'll be out for, for Good Friday. Um, so you need to have an image like that or simply a crucifix, which often we, we have already in our homes. Um, the reason I say something larger is just so that it could take prominence in your home. So um, just like during Advent, I talked about having a place in your home where um, you can have these kind of displays. So whether it be a side table that's in a prominent place, you can't use your kitchen table or your countertop unless there's a little corner that isn't too disruptive that it's there. Um, I use my, um, my fireplace mantle. Um, I know Anita has a little side um, table she can use um, that's prominent or the, you know, the front hall chest, sort of sacrifice it for a week or so and let that be where you have a sort of an Easter display, just something very visual, something very much to help focus the whole family throughout the day um, as you go about that, oh yeah, there's something um, we're, we're, we're at a special time in the liturgical year. So, um, so uh, what did I mention? Oh, a crucifix or an image of our Lord and his passion. So Maya, just someone is asking if you could um, provide us with that link. So no I know problem. you can't do that right now, but maybe if you forward it to me, then in my next email, I can send it out to everybody. So, yeah. so, or if you can do it today, that's great too. Like just, yeah. I totally can. I, I, my arms aren't long enough to get to the. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I just. I always like to acknowledge the people that have said something. You know, yeah, in the. Uh, sure. In the and so some, there is someone that's interested. So anyway, you go on. Uh -huh. The second thing, um, which we might not think of Easter wise, but red cloth is the color of um, the liturgical color for Good Friday and for martyrdom in general, right? So I, I usually lay this cloth, this particular piece of cloth on the mantle with the icon or the crucifix or both. Um, I don't think you want to have like, you know, all the crucifixes in the house and all the pictures of Jesus and every statue of Our Lady. Like, I think you, less is more. It's a focal, it's a focal point. And, um, and then a, a candle, you know, that's safely able to burn throughout the day in a, in a hurricane or in some sort of container. Um, uh, these are easy to come by. These are votive lights that you can purchase and it's safe, right? You can also put it on a, on a plate. So in case it does anything happens, you, you're not, there's no danger of fire. Maya, are you suggesting this for beginning Good Friday or is this yeah. something we would start for all of Holy Week, maybe Palm Sunday? Yeah. Well, Palm Sunday, I have a different setup. I just, I didn't know how far back to go. <laughs> Dorothy said Easter. So that's what all of these flowers are about. And I just thought, well, since we're just approaching um, Good Friday, um, I would talk about the Triduum specifically. Right. Um, Thursday is also a solemnity. So actually the, the liturgical color on Thursday is white. 
So if you are having a special meal, put white um, tablecloths and so on, but, um, and, and, oops, and maybe light some candles, but, um, so, but yeah, I, I so think Holy Thursday, the, yeah. the Holy Thursday is white. Is that right? Yeah. It's yeah. a solemnity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah, then, the last supper. I always like to play with the tablecloth. So it's yeah. actually to get a purple tablecloth. I was thinking, I don't know, but I do have a red one on for good Friday. <laughs> but, you uh, can also <laughs> just have a white tablecloth and have just a runner right. or even just a, a cloth that you can change from white to red to purple as you need, right? Yeah, and I mean, I don't mean to say, you know, have a red tablecloth for your fasted meal on Good Friday. <laughs> I just mean for your display that there's some red. That's just how I do it. And then I have my crucifix and a candle. Um, I also generally put the flowers away that I've purchased for Easter, just so that that visually is a, is a, it's a, um, it's a somber um, display. It's not something festive you know and if I have my little easter eggs and my bunny and my lilies it, it looks festive and so we just want to commemorate our lord's passion um and then um the third thing I think that we need to have around for easter regularly is the an easter candle and um so um Anita gave me this idea actually where um they just take a, a regular pillar candle and you um, inscribe into it a cross. You 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 put the date, the uh, the year, so twenty twenty one, and um, the alpha and the omega symbol. And that's basically what what's uh, made up of the images on the Easter candle. There's often a little lamb and so on. But I had this one hundred percent beeswax candle that's previously been used, but it's basically, that's what they use is the purity of Christ. Um, and then the image of the cross. Now I have the Cairo here that I just printed off of the internet. And so I, I cut it out. Actually, I didn't even freestyle it. I just cut it out. And, um, and, um, and then what I did was if I you can't probably see that well, but there's five um, nails in here. And those nails are actually cloves. You know, the spice, um, and, and they, they look like nails, right? They, they actually look like nails and they, they just press into the wax. And, um, that's what, um, in the churches, they use these little, you know, they're imitation nails as well. I just figured that kind of works. Um, can I say something about you, Maya? Yeah. I wanted to say, oh, go ahead, Dorothy. You in like how did you engrave that candle with that image? Like how did with a knife or like what did you? Yeah, no, I just I it's I just cut it out with uh, with scissors and then actually the beeswax is pretty tacky, so I just actually just pressed it down until it stuck. Like this is really I'm talking freestyle, like really really simple. If you need a little glue, just use a little glue or you know or just use a Sharpie and draw right onto your candle. I just didn't want to give up my candle because it's, this is like 40 bucks or something. This is pure that's beeswax. Like, so I'm like, you, gonna you say, know. it doesn't even have to be that fancy. No. The ones that I've always done have been exactly like this. Right. So yeah. I, I make a cross with a Sharpie. I put the, the year, um, I do make it more straight when it's on my candle, but I just scribbled this out to show you that 
I'm not as frozen because I just, I, I just never thought of that, but uh, <laughs> Sharpie works like a charm. Right. Too, I'm but, not sure uh, who can hear who, but. Good. Okay. So let's continue. Maya. All right. I don't know what just happened. We were frozen. I engraved the year just with, uh, uh, with some scissors. So I just engraved the wax. Yeah. Anyways, there's a million ways you can do it. I'm just giving you, um, I think this is beautiful. And this is a pillar candle holder that I have. Um, if you don't have one, you know what else makes a really good stand? Because this doesn't look very significant here. But if you have any, um, any uh, bases like this, even something um, that's a little taller, cylindrical, you turn it upside down and you have, oh, you have a, an instant stand. Um, you can even put a little, a little doily or a little cloth here um, and it looks really pretty and it looks um, momentous, you know? So that would be um, another suggestion um, for the three things. So uh, Easter candle, some liturgical colored cloth. And then the, the, the first thing I mentioned was the image of our Lord in his passion. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, what I think you need to have in your, um, in your box of, of Easter tricks. Would you add anything else, Anita, in terms of like must-haves? Like I didn't mention any Easter bunnies or eggs, by no. the way. <laughs> so those things are cute, but um, when we're talking Easter, yeah, that's, that's where I go. That's I mean, I think my... if you don't have an image, then a crucifix also right. suffices, but we have a very large really large uh, painting that I found at Madonna house in the clearance, you know, and it comes out every good Friday and it's, it's, it's our Lord hanging on the cross. And um, for good Friday, that's when the kids come down. That's what they see. We, we actually veil the TV and we put the cross in front of it so that the kids realize this is a different day. We don't just, you know, watch Netflix when we wake up. Um, and I don't know if I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, Maya, but on, on Easter, on, on uh, Holy Saturday, when they wake up, that same image is veiled. I have like some um, translucent tablecloths or whatever, and I'll put it over top of the image. So you can still see the image of Jesus on the cross, but he's now veiled. And we have a candle burning and actually the scriptures opened to the, um, the crucifixion of, of Jesus. So similar idea, we have all the same things going, but we don't light our Easter candle until Easter, obviously. Um, but having that image and then sort of walking the kids through the passion, like you said, and then on, on Holy Saturday, just that veil, he's still there, but where it's not quite Easter, um, that yeah. seems to be a very powerful thing for our kids anyway, just to see. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned uh, about using like multi-purposing things. So I'm not saying go, don't go to the dollars to the uh, fabric store mm -hmm. and get a bunch of fabric. Maybe you have a red uh, scarf yeah. or maybe you have like, you know, something that like a red blanket. And I just, I just mean to have that splash of color just to make that connection. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have fabric because of because of who I am. But you you don't need to go buy fabric. You just use what you have. And also with regards to the candle, use what you have. Uh, keep it simple, but um, you know, try to uh, try to incorporate those three things. Um, the the second thing I want to talk about um, about decorating for Easter is to think about the resurrection. It's about elevating. It's about elevating the ordinary. So. Um, 
don't just get your um, your Easter basket of, of uh, what are these called? Easter lilies and leave it like this on the, uh, on your table. You, I'm gonna, I want you to, I'll, I want you to think about resurrecting the ordinary grocery store uh, Easter lily. So we will get there. Um, but the first thing you need to have is a clean slate in the house. So I'm going to ask you all to mo mobilize your troops and get the house cleaned. Um, I think Anita's in the middle of that. Her kids all have lists of chores to do. Um, and um, the, other, the other aspect of that is de-winterize your house. Take away those fur blankets, put away those, um, you know, last, uh, <laughs> the last simple uh, Christmas things, anything red or gold and, you know, shimmery. And, and, and maybe just like put a cute little, um, pink pillow on your chair just to brighten up the room. Um, one of the other things I think winter does is it makes the house a little musty. If you have stinky musty carpets, you know, at the front door or um, somewhere in the mudroom, you know, maybe re replace them if you can do that or just refresh them, baking soda, vacuum, um, you know, clean out those spaces that have been uh, just unkept for over winter and try to refresh them. Vinegar and water does amazing things for sanitizing. Um, and then if you wanted to use some essential oils just to bring a lovelier scent. Um, one of the memories I have about being at home was my mom would like open all the windows and it would be sometimes freezing in the house, right? Cause it's not terribly warm just yet, but this, she would just kind of like uh, clear out all the air in the house. And there would be something just crispy and delicious about this it's cold. That's got to be somehow a Polish French thing because my mother used to do that all the time too. And I'd be like, and vinegar and and so much vinegar. You and know? I was waiting my second to come in and say that exact same thing. I'm like, open the windows. That's how you get yeah. the must out. It just blows everything right through, right? Yeah, it's something about the air in the house. So, so just think about that in terms of cleaning too, deodorizing, uh, replacing old musty mats. Um, and then again, just like at Advent, clean your windows inside and out, your light fixtures, remove the dust and make anything that reflects light sparkle. Um, that's really uh, a special way to, to celebrate because you don't, I don't do that every month when I that like two or three times a year, um, just because it's, it takes a little more effort. Um, but anyhow, you do what you can. I'm not telling people that in order to be a good Catholic mom, you have to deodorize your house. I'm just saying that it, it elevates, it, it helps you feel and recognize that we've cleaned up our souls. Hopefully we've done the necessary housekeeping inside of us. And then we want to reflect that around us as well. The, the, um, the one little tradition that, uh, you know, that, 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 that I have that's, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily related to Easter, but I almost intuitively really get into um, setting up, you know, a bunch of boxes and taking stuff over to Dr. Simone's because it's like, okay, so I've, I've written a donation check, you know, as a part of the almsgiving. 
but you know, are there any things that can, you know, could be actually just giving away and blessing someone else. And uh, so that, that trip to Dr. Simone's uh, has become a part of uh, Holy Week for me yeah. as well. Yeah. There are just a couple of comments here. So I wanted to uh, refer to them. Amy uh, Quinlis says, when are you two going to make your own YouTube channel or podcast? So <laughs> Anita and Maya, I think I've, I've been doing my best to encourage them to do exactly that. I'll, I'll yeah. like, write me a blog post. Come on, Midday Moms. Come on, you guys have so many gifts. We have to share them, share them. Um, and uh, I also just wanted to mention um, Elizabeth O'Meara says this topic is exactly what I've been trying trying to tackle lately, elevate the ordinary. I love being a laid back person, but <laughs> too much so. I, I, I thank you for sharing your knowledge. And you know, the, the other thing too, I, I wanted to reach out to the moms here. You know, I, I know that uh, for many, many, many years, I was on the, you know, corporate track and I was, I was blessed in many ways, you know, traveling internationally, delivering corporate seminars. And I guess something happened to me as a part of that. You know, I always say part of me became a bit masculine. Ah, you know? um, and having children, of course, changed that. But then, like, if you're working full time and, you know, you're just struggling to get, you know, macaroni and cheese on the table because you've been working all day and you've just picked up your child maybe from daycare or this or that. And then like all of this can seem a little bit, you know, overwhelming. And one of the things that, you know, I often say is that being a mom and being a homemaker it actually, it, it takes time, right? And that was one thing I struggled with when I had my first, um, you know, couple of children and my only children, it, as it turned out. But I was like, okay, if I'm going to iron a tablecloth and if I'm going to have a nice baptism party and not outsource it like I ended up doing, I, I can't keep up the same crazy schedule in the corporate world. And and so, you know, my heart goes out to you that maybe you've got, you know, one foot in the side hustle. And then, you know, and, and some of us, some of you might not be blessed with a husband that can take care of anything. So everything. So, um, you know, we want to look at little things that we can do, you know, like uh, Anita and, you know, Maya are, are blessed to, you know, be at home. Um, but I, I want to hear about your silverware. I want to hear about your silverware. <laughs> I'm looking at the time going, I've prepared way too much. No, but no. These are, I have two really, like, everything I do is a hack. Everything. Ask Anita. I yes. fake it. I fake it all the time. And um, it's, it's just, it doesn't have to be complicated. Don't make it, like, just, anyway, just listen to me. I'll give you some good ideas. Okay. So the second thing is white crisp linens. We talked about crispy air inside the house, but white crisp linens, there's nothing that says hallelujah, oops, sorry, more than that. So um, this is uh, a piece of, um, it's, it's a little tablecloth. Um, and so I spot cleaned it because there was a little stain on there um, and I had to soak it to do that. So I just filled the, the sink, spot treat it, let it soak with the treatment and I just use whatever 
you know, whatever detergent I'm using. And then I washed it in the washing machine on hot, hot water, white linens. And then instead of putting it in the dryer, you don't put linens in the dryer. That's how you have, that's, that's like an invitation for ironing. I just, <laughs> I don't believe in ironing. No, we don't. I don't believe in ironing. I don't even have an ironing board. It's but, all about uh, the hacks. <laughs> I laid this over the banister. If you don't have a banister, lay it on the table when no one's around. If you don't have a table that's available, lay it on somebody's bed, lay it on your own bed. Just let it air dry and flat. This is perfectly flat. There's no creases. It's ready for Easter. And now I'm not going to fold it up. I'm going to lay it somewhere flat again until I'm ready to put it down. Or I'll just roll it up and just gently put it aside until until Sunday when I start putting the Easter stuff up. Okay, so I'm going to roll her up and she's going to go over here. And just a note, when you put it on your bed or your banister, some people are thinking, why? how do you do that? You just put a dry towel down. I always have big, huge dry towels. And mom used to do that too on the kitchen table even. Just yeah. the wood, right? Or the bed. And it'll dry perfectly, like as if it were starched. It dries perfectly. So that's one hack for linens. Um, if you have like cloth napkins in that, you might need to pass those with a, a, a quick iron. Um, you can get one of the kids to do it or just do it takes, it'll take you half an hour. Like, and it's a beautiful thing. Just, you know, sometimes you gotta do it. Um, and do it when you're doing the guy's shirts, right? If you got a few couple shirts to iron, that's when I take out my ironing. Um, the second thing is my silverware. Yeah, thank you for noticing. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. Um, I, I try to keep it polished, um, because it's really easy. I'm going to, I need to get some hot water. So give me a second here. I, I wanted to, uh, just, uh, just say hello to, to Christy. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget Christy. Her, her husband sent her to our first dynamic women of faith conference. Oh, yeah. In a limousine, he said to her in a limousine. So, so Christy says, I've born such a, I've become such a cross I have borne such a cross towards the end of Lent. Watching inspiration through Maya is enlivening my anticipation of Easter. Um, and then another mom, Trisha here says, working full time and homemaking is hard. Yes, it is, it is. So uh, my heart goes out to you and I, I pray for those women because oh, trust, it's just like two different channels, right? Um, these, idea, these ideas are encouraging and inspiring. Um, and hi, Sandra. She's saying that she, she had COVID and she survived it. So thanks for signing on. Um, CP says, I'm blessed to be a stay-at-home mom, but two, I have a lot of respect and admiration for working mamas and homemakers. Love for all mamas out there. And I, you know, I beg you, each of you, when you're praying the rosary, to pray one decade for moms, like I really think we need to be prayerfully supporting um, our, ourselves. And like one of the thing, one of the reasons I love these things is that so we can meet one another, right? We can meet other Catholic moms that love their faith, that take it seriously, because um, now our culture is so crazy. Anyway, Dorothy, be quiet. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Um, our mom, my mom was a working mom. She was a teacher our whole life. Um, that's not, it, it came with some sorrow on our, you know, in terms of our need for her. She wasn't always available emotionally. Um, but I mean, she was home when we were home summers and evenings and weekends and that kind of thing. But she made it, you know, she, 
I mean, she was she was talented, so I, I can't usually. She was, I used to uh, I, I used to look forward to every uh, Boxing Day because there would always be a phone call. Do you want to come and sing Christmas carols? And it's like, yeah, Aww, yeah, <laughs> yeah many, many, uh, many, many. Here's, here's another hack. It's um, it's it's also like if you have one little piece of silverware that you know, like a teapot or. Um, I saw Trisha was on here. This is how you're gonna clean your the, the teapot Anita and I gave you for your wedding. You you fill up a basin or your sink um, with hot water. You place some aluminum foil in the in the in the basin before or after the water doesn't matter. Basically, just line it, and then you add um, salt. I'm gonna say like oh, I had no like, idea. I thought you had to buy silvo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see this disgusting like this is from from Christmas. It doesn't take long. And then I I cleaned these guys last night and they look perfect. So you just uh, yeah. So you have a container. You line it with aluminum foil. You add hot water and then you add salt. So let's say um, about a. a to a half a cup to three quarters of a cup for a sink full of water. And you fill it right to the top. And I'm gonna just show you this for effect, but I'm gonna leave this guy in here for, uh, I don't know, a minute or two. And then I'll show you. The, the tarnish just kind of gets removed. You don't want to soak it in there overnight because you might remove the silver as well as the tarnish. <laughs> but you'll, you'll also smell a slight chemical uh, reaction. It's not um, it's not noxious. Like it's not gonna you're not gonna pass out from it. You can do this outside if you're sensitive, but it doesn't last. Like just keep the window open. It's no big deal. But anyway, having a little bit of silverware that's really clean and bright, uh, it makes your Easter morning tea just so much more beautiful. Like, look at that. This took me no time. I didn't do any scrubbing. Um, once you lift it out, you just dry it off. Well, you can wash it with soap and water to get any residual um, tarnish. Um, and yeah, this this would have been my mom's, mama, one of my mom's silver platter, actually that one as well. And um, I bought these at, a, at an antique shop um, because I really love having silver. And I mean, it's it's no sweat to clean. So we use it. I keep it. I love it. That's great. Um, and I feel really fancy having silver. <laughs> can, can we really talk, Maya, can we talk yeah. about the fact that, oh, magic. That's wow. amazing. So that's that's it. Now, I, I only did this for you for your sake. I wouldn't recommend that you do this at home because now I have to contend with that line which is not a good thing, but I'll figure it out. Um, but you can also, if you don't have aluminum foil or salt, which is pr pretty unlikely, <laughs> but you can use uh, lemon and baking soda as well. And it will also, it's just, you need elbow grease with those two things. But you know what I mean? It's natural and uh, it works like better. No idea. Like I can. And your hands don't get all black because when you use yeah, the yeah. silo, you get filthy. Then your rags are dirty. It's awful. You don't want to do that. But so whatever. no excuses for not using your silverware. And we're going to. What use I want to say is use yeah. it because that's yeah. the, that's the big thing. A lot of people have gorgeous things that they got for wedding or their shower, and then literally put it on the shelf and then never use. And it, it looks like it, it looks bad when it's tarnished, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, it doesn't look very um, appealing. So, um, so you could clean your like because I have like knives and forks. Yes, 
flat wire so you can do that with that as well just stick them right down that's what my mom did every time we used it because it just gets a tarnish as soon as it's oxidized right as soon as it hits the air it starts oxidizing mm -hmm. so i mean that's just the nature of the the material the element so yeah just clean it up and dry it up and then when you um when you store it you can put it in a dark bag or in a in a cupboard that's dark and it'll just oxidize more slowly so it might last a little longer i put mine on display usually on my shelving during easter because it's special and or we just use it or whatever but yeah so on top of on top of the um, the silverware, I say use your china and your crystal. Just go for it. Every meal um, during the Easter octave is we go all out because I have it. So why not use it? And it makes it beautiful and special. Um, my husband really likes that too because he grew up in a house where the china cabinet is actually still never used. Like it's they're saving it for a special occasion, which we're not entirely sure what that's going to be, but. <laughs> We're still waiting. <laughs> and, and here we have, you know, we have beautiful things and we use them when we have beautiful occasions to celebrate. So now, um, just before you continue, um, uh, Maya, because I want to hear yeah. about all these beautiful flowers. That's one memory yes. I have about your grandmother's house was those, 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 what are they called again? Those ball flowers, the blue ones. Hydrangea, hydrangea, right here. Hydrangeas. I knew there was a name. I knew there was a name. Hydrangeas, yeah. yeah. But before you talk about them, uh, Anita, can you just say a little bit about, you know, I guess just the importance of creating a, a beautiful home and how it acts as a bit of a magnet for kids to hang around the home and stay the home. Because like one thing I, when I used to, um, I used to, you know, I guess train, um, was a, anyway, in training that our homes have become more like train stations instead of sanctuaries with people like going in and out and in and out. And, and, and can you tell us just maybe just one sentence or two about the philosophy about, you know, creating, um, uh, you know, just a, a beautiful home so that it attracts and keeps our, our children there, you know? Yeah, well, one or two sentences is hard, but um, to me, it's about the heart that you're, you're um, creating in the home. So it's, it's, the, it's the family culture that you're creating. So culture isn't just um, you know, how we treat each other, or how we speak or what we eat. It's, it's everything. And like Maya, I don't know if she's mentioned it, but it's, it's using all the senses. So when something is beautiful in a home, it's stirring in the kids that, that God given desire for beauty, right. And truth and goodness. Um, and so I think I could even see it tangibly in my own kids. Uh, so Anna, our oldest is away in Hamilton. Um, and, I sent her a text this morning of a picture of one of the things that I bought today that is traditional in our home. And she sent me back all these emojis. She's so excited. And right away, it was just, she has this desire to be home because she knows that this, this week and leading up through the Triduum is about exactly that. It's about um, the candles that are going to come out and the, the picture and the foods and the different things that we are and it's in it's all encompassing. So I can speak even just from that experience with Anna being just about 19 and just dying to get home 
and not wanting to be in her residence because this is where her heart is. This is where we've very intentionally formed a culture in our home to make it very uh, Christ-centered and liturgical um, where all of the senses are brought into that, that mystery. Um, and she might not put those words to it, but it's there, right? It's that desire that she is, she has that, um, yeah, she's being pulled. Like you said, there's that, that drawing and yeah. she wants to be here to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, Just so a, beautiful. Uh, and, and a little thing I remember, like we, our family's been in blessed in that we've, you know, traveled a, a fair bit and, um, you know, whether, you know, it was like kind of Los Angeles or Grand Bend or Martha's Vineyard, like very often we'd like be in a hotel and my son, who now is 24 or whatever, you know, he was like five, six, seven. And he goes like, I really miss home. I want to be at home, you know? And, and, yeah. and it, it just filled my heart, you know, knowing that we could be in some spectacular hotel and yet he wanted to be home you know and I'm like okay way to go mama you did something right like there's something tangible about home anyway uh, Maya tell us a little bit about your flowers because I'm I sorry about being busy here I don't mean to be oh, rude. No, no. I, so I, I was just I'm thinking like I'm doing a 700 things so the the you know Easter um Easter morning comes and we have our white linens we have our china um, we also need flowers on the table, right? And I'm going to, um, you know, make an appeal for, for real flowers and say, don't be afraid of them. Um, but they, fake flowers have no place on the table as a centerpiece. Get real flowers. My babcha, my grandma, she would always do Easter morning um, brunch. And um, she'd often buy pansies from the um whatever wherever she could find them and just pop them in whatever cute containers this was hers or was it maybe I don't know looks like it looks yeah like so the this kind of container it's a sugar bowl and then you just you 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 know you basically like that took five seconds and I think it cost $3.99 um so if, you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if, if you say to me well I don't have those containers well, that's okay. Like, I don't know. Um, look around your house and see what maybe you have like a really uh, a beautiful uh, bowl, you know, a, a soup bowl that's just plain white porcelain, it elevates it right instead of having it. Um, this moss is from the dollar store, but I think you can buy it at craft stores. And then you can use that to kind of cover up any ugly bits. And then if you do have those funny little eggs everywhere in your house for Easter, just tuck one in there. <laughs> and just like the Easter bunny left you a little surprise. And this just goes down the table, right? You have these tiny little um, posies on the table in uh, intermittent with your with your dishes. So really simple. <clears throat> it doesn't cost much. You don't want to get a big old vase and put tulips on your table because you can't see anybody and it takes up so much room. When we have these big celebrations, um, you need to keep your flowers small so that there's room for the actual feast. <laughs> now, um, someone's made a very interesting comment here, and it's too interesting not to... All right, let's hear it. <laughs> um, uh, Elizabeth O'Meara says, I'm going to make sure to Google both of you and download that Modern Lady episode because I have a hard time finding that balance. Yes. Sometimes I think spending so much attention on beauty becomes consumerism for me. 
Um, and, but I'm also an artist, so I definitely appreciate beauty. If you have a minute to speak on that balance, I would appreciate it. Um, example, renovating a room, just redecorating. It can be quite a luxury. And then, you know, the other thing too, we have to be very careful of is, you know, all of that stuff can also become a source of pride, right? And, and so, can, you, can either of you talk a little bit, you know, about that? Because, you know, you can have a factory well, working for family. I, yeah, I yeah. think there's seasons, there's seasons in your life when certain things are going to be, you know, take center stage. Um, the Healy's just went through like a whole first floor renovation. And yeah, it was, it took up their whole life for whatever it was, eight, nine months. Um, but that's over. And now, you know, there's more of a balance. So I, I, I think if you're constantly doing something do, new and other and da, 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 well, yeah, maybe you're shafting your other priorities. But um, I mean, consumerism, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I go against consumerism because I use what I have. And especially if you're an artist, my dear soul sister, um, you see it, you see it around you, go into the backyard, find like a piece of moss growing on a rock, bring it inside, put it on a pretty dish here, you know, find your, and, and, and put a little egg in here. Like, you know what I mean? Like happy Easter. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and then too, you know, like it, this is a powerful question because I kind of sometimes think, well, yeah, like, you know, unfortunately, yeah. like, you know, so many women now, okay, you know, they think nothing about buying a $450 purse or $200 yeah. shoes, but then they might feel guilty buying a plant. And I'm like, okay, the plant blesses everybody in the home, you know, like, uh, I'm not against yeah. whatever, but, but uh, I think that a lot of these little elements in our home are actually edifying you know family yeah, absolutely so and like anita said the kids notice it the kids they might not be able to verbalize it just like our husbands i mean mine in particular he might not be able to verbalize you know like babe wow those linens are so crisp and beautiful and silverware <laughs> is shining like your eyes you know it's like he's not going to say that but man he loves it he loves it and he's a he's a lowly engineer like i mean he's <laughs> <laughs> he's crunching numbers all day and then he sees with his eyes a beautiful table and 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 he's so grateful you know his heart is also lifted up to heaven um and that's the idea that's the whole reason that we that god gave us beauty was to enjoy it you know you go outside and your eyes are like drowning with beauty the sun the green of the new grass you know like it's my i have a cutest little bunny in the backyard He's adorable. Like, and you just stare at him and go like, you're a wonder little bunny, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. So anyway, so keep on telling us about your flowers okay. and cause like, uh, yeah, uh, I know time is ticking. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, centerpieces, keep them low, keep them cheap and cheerful. Um, use cake platters to elevate little, little vignettes. Um, you know, here's a cake platter that will not have a cake on it, but maybe this bunny will sit on it. Maybe I'll put a little egg. Maybe I'll put a little moss. I don't know. But I mean, it's just, it's just a little something. You know, you can also use trays to do this. I have a tray here with the image of our Lord, the candle, 
and the little Easter lamb from Starsky's or Euromax or wherever you get your European goods. Um, but um, here's one other, uh, a really important trick too. It's easy, it's cheap, it's free actually. It's not even cheap, free. Um, if you have any bushes in the backyard that bloom, so forsythia, if you have any um, fruit trees, if you have, if you go outside and you see any branches that are starting to bud, chop a couple of those off right now. Like you have to do it today because they'll need a few days and in a few days, they're going to just bloom. So you're going to have all these gorgeous, look at this. You're going to have all these gorgeous branches. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> all these gorgeous branches are going to be blooming by Sunday. So I have a, an ornamental pear tree. I have, um, I have some curly willow and it's so pretty. And, and the, the, like the florist will charge you 10 bucks for four stems. Also pussy willow, if you have a pussy willow tree um, or you could go into like, go for a walk and just see if you can find it. Just, you just need two or three branches. I went over the top because I'm a little bit special like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, actually, the real reason is that I'm decorating for for the church for our parish. So I have like way too many for my home, because all this is going to church, actually. So that's the real reason. Um, but yeah, so I told you about this is just my last point here. So I'm going to just I'm going to do this super fast. You know, your your $7.99. They should be on sale by now. Lily, buy them close. Don't buy the open ones because you know, you're going to need them to hang around for a little while. And don't just buy one, buy two if you can afford it. Um, find another pretty plant, maybe a tulip bunch or whatever. And um, find a basket, just maybe, you know, borrow a basket from the closet. This is a basket that I have right now. I have four of them lining my island. And I just took the cutting boards out of this one, which it was used for. And I have three plants in here. And this is like a, a $70 arrangement, right? From the florist, but it cost me 20, 30, 40 bucks. I mean, that's not cheap, but it's also all you need. You need this in your home and that's Easter right here. Um, so that's beautiful. And I, you know, I've elevated the ordinary. If you wanna just buy one, 899 Lily, because that's what you have <coughs> in the budget. Then instead of using, instead of putting it in here, uh, find a nice, a smaller basket and just elevate it in that way. <clears throat> or how about this? Look how pretty this is. Beautiful. Put your lily inside of your um, soup urn. From my wedding, my mom bought me this. I took off the lid and I have orchids in here because these are going to church. So they're not actually for my house. They're a little too dramatic for me. But they're going to our church. They're going to be around our Lord's tomb. And um, anyways, it, it elevates the ordinary. It's so beautiful. And think about height. Think about um, lots of real flowers. Now, I know. We, we do have to, you know, very yeah. kind of, but I want to just talk to you both. And I didn't ask you this beforehand. So forgive me for just randomly popping it out of the sky here. But can you tell me a little bit about the tradition? Um, I, I know that it's a Polish tradition and it's, I'm sure other people do it too, but the blessing of food and the 
Easter basket and what do you put in that basket and why kind of thing? Because I know some people aren't familiar with that tradition. Go ahead, Anita. Sure. Um, yeah, that's a tradition we've been doing for as long as we've had children. Um, so traditionally, there is going to be some um, sausage, some meat, um, cheese, uh, bread, rye bread, um, an image of a lamb, some butter, salt, um, horseradish is also traditional. Uh, in most recent years, I've seen more wine bottles go into the basket. And the idea is you just get a basket that you have around the house, like Maya said, or even the dollar store, you find yourself a, a wicker basket, put um, a cloth sort of to, to line it, and then just put those foods in it. Um, also eggs, obviously, I forgot the eggs, uh, your hard boiled eggs. Um, and then uh, maybe decorate the handle with some flowers. And we bring that to the parish on Holy Saturday in the morning. And Father blesses them. So it's pretty traditional in a Polish parish to find um, the priest on a rotation every 10, 15 minutes um, all morning long. Um, and uh, he'll bless the food. And the idea is that that becomes your first meal on Easter morning as a family. Now, there are um, specific um, symbols that were, are used. So you now the horseradish is the bitterness of Christ's passion. Um, uh, don't ask me to name them all right now off the top of my head, but it's something you can Google if you, if you really want to know why I think, um, oh, see, I can't remember now. It's, it's just got me, um, confused, but anyhow, those, those items are listed online for sure and what they all mean and why you put them in your basket but it's it is a beautiful tradition it's not something my husband my Canadian husband grew up with and it's one of his favorite traditions in our family so you don't have to be Polish to participate um, and I am starting to see in parishes that are not Polish where the priests have begun this tradition as well um, so it's it is a beautiful way to kind of get families um, centered around um, the mysteries and the, the, the symbolism behind each of those foods. Um, and then again, to eat those foods together on Easter morning together. And it's just little bits of everything. So there's not massive quantities. Um, but if you go to Polish parish, you'll notice that they do put a lot of effort into making it beautiful. So they'll be, like Maya said, elevating the basket, putting a ribbon, maybe putting um, uh, one of those pussy willows that you have that's been um, blooming and sticking that in the basket as well. So yeah. And uh, it's, you know, another, this has got nothing to do with the, the home, but I always remember whenever we go to St. Stanislaus to bless the basket, I'm like, okay, I got to get Monica a new Easter dress, right? <laughs> I have to get Michael a new little suit and tie. And, and so just, again, elevating, uh, I, I, I go a little crazy too, when I think of people always wearing running shoes so that on Easter that it's not always running shoes right that we could go and get just like a black black polished shoes for the boys um I, I wanted to just refer Lindsay's made a, a a beautiful comment here which is you know so true I'm learning here the importance of giving lovely gifts to women you've mentioned wedding gifts a few times and I know most of us give money but now you're inspiring mm -hmm. me to remember to gift lovely china in trays in addition to some money. I love how you used your soup. Uh, is it Turin? I'm, I'm never sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, um, and also uh, Sandra, you've made quite a few comments here. Thank you for joining us. I know that you used to belong to the mother's group at um, in Mississauga and Cameron's mother's group. I can't remember the 
gosh, my brain, sorry, I'll remember. But th thank you, uh, Sandra, for joining us. And um, I know too that when my mom passed away that, you know, because she had beautiful things, I was blessed with them and I didn't have to buy them, right? So it, 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 I guess embracing beauty from one generation to another um, actually is the opposite of materialism in a way, right? Because we have these yeah. beautiful, beautiful well, it's things. It's also more, uh, sorry to interrupt, it's also more accessible than it was to our moms. I mean, the dishes that my grandma had were very expensive and very, very delicate and um, same with my mom. But now that we have home sense and we have so much more accessibility to these beautiful things without having to break the bank. So not being afraid to go and buying, like Maya said, just a few really key pieces that are going to be beautiful and not feeling like you're being wasteful in doing that because um, it is something that you can then give your children. And I have small little things like that around the house where the kids are really excited when are you when are you going to pull out that dish when are you going to do this you know and and they remember and it becomes a part of their experience of celebration and Dorothy you mentioned the clothing you know elevating our kids clothes and in, in our own that's not a small that's not a small detail we're not talking about going and buying the newest Michael Kors, you know, fancy whatever suit uh, that'll cost you $300. It's picking out the most beautiful thing you have in your closet, washing it and wearing that for Easter. And that goes for all the kids. So it, it doesn't mean you have to spend a fortune to, to look good, but um, all of that fits into um, our kids' experience of Easter. They, they know that we're gonna be pulling out our best clothing we're going to be curling our hair. We're going to be really grooming ourselves um, to celebrate the feast. Um, and that's, that is a really big part of also for us as, as sacramental beings, as body and soul, we're not just celebrating with our souls and our spirits. We celebrate with our bodies too. Um, so how we look, how we present ourselves, the things that we have around us, those are all tactile. That's what sacramental well, is. Well, it's also mirroring your inside. It's right. mirroring your insides and your relationships and your love. And it's, it's meant to be, it's a sacramental, right? It's like yeah. a, yeah. it's like holy water or a cross or. And I think the two are not at odds with each other because we're body and soul. And because um, our, our God made us to be that way, everything that we have is composite has to be together. So using beautiful things to enhance our experience of truth, beauty, and goodness, that's what he wants us to do. So not to feel at odds with that, not to feel at odds with spending or the consumerism, that whole idea, but I think it's the intention behind, you know, why are we buying it? And what, what, are, what are we trying to achieve? We're trying to achieve um, beauty in our homes mm -hmm. and in our families. Yeah, and, and sort of to make God tangible to yeah. ourselves yeah. And, and, and to others. And um, just in, in closing, Again, I reach out to the, the women that, you know, some women have to actually work to support their families and their, their, their husbands or the stay-at-home dad. I've heard just so many different remarkable stories. And I, I just beg you each to remember, and I know it's a blinding glimpse of the obvious, but just to remember that all of this, it takes time, right? living sacramentally, living um, deliberately, living out our vocation as mother and wife, you know, it takes time. It takes time to drive to Dr. Simone's and drop the stuff off. It takes time 
to polish the silverware. And that might mean less time on social media. It might mean less time on Netflix. It might mean less time in frivolous relationships. Some women begin to, you know, I know that during COVID, hundreds of thousands of women have been forced to not work, not because they wanted to, but because they lost their jobs during COVID. And they're kind of facing their homes and they're going, wait a minute, where have yeah. you been? I haven't been right. present, right? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's just my, you know, people are always saying, well, Dorothy, you're against this and you're against that. And I love you for this and I hate you for that. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad you have so many feelings. <laughs> but <laughs> I always say, the only thing I want for you, mama, the only thing I want for you is on yeah. a dying day, Yes. Are you happy that you lived the way that you lived and that you spent the time the way that you did? You know? Amen. Yeah. Are, are you trying to join your will with God's will? Anyway, I pontificate too much. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> so any closing thoughts, um, Anita? Any closing thoughts, um, Maya? Anita? Um, I had one when you were talking and it went away. So I'll let Maya go first and see if it comes back. <laughs> go ahead, Maya. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, like there's all sorts of, um, especially if you have kids and stuff, I guess the focus is on the chocolate. It's just like Christmas and East, uh, Christmas and Santa and presents and stuff. But when you, when you make the liturgical, um, thing, the center in your home, you know, and you have baby Jesus in the manger instead of Santa Claus on your, on your mantle. And in this case, you have you know, the suffering servant here, or you have Christ crucified on Good Friday. And on Saturday, you don't have any noise in the house, no TV, no music. You know, you're not, you're, you're living that liturgical reality. That's all part of celebrating that costs no money. And then once the music is turned up and the hallelujahs are sung on Sunday, and you're using all your beautiful dishes. I mean, that is evangelizing your family, right? That's so beautiful that they're, they're getting everything. This is a feast. This is like teaching them how to feast in a culture where we feast all the time. You know, we're giving them this little mini triduum of, of dying and resurrecting. My son is three and he knows about like Jesus waking up from the dead. And he knows that he, how, he asked me, how did Jesus do that, mama? I said, because he's God and he has power. And he knows about power because he likes superheroes. So, I mean, to him and his little brain, he's so excited, you know, that Jesus is going to wake up from the dead. And I mean, he can't wait to see what that looks like on Sundays. I got to show him, you that's know? Awesome. No, yeah. and, um, you know, that's another thing, you know, passing down the faith, you know, takes time. And we but don't this is all about that. That's what I'm trying to say. This is all part. I'm not just doing this to be Martha Stewart in the Catholic realm. I'm doing this because this is evangelizing. You know, this is beautiful. This is Christ incarnated in my home. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Can I, yeah, I sorry, I, uh, it came back to me. And the word that I think has been my word for a while now is the word intentionality. Um, and Dorothy, you mentioned it kind of in your closing there is just, it takes time to produce this. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I'm busy too. I have seven kids. I don't work outside of the home, but um, I'm homeschooling my kids right now. So I'm, 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 I'm running ragged most days just with um, busyness. But 
these are the things that are more important. This is more important. You know, I, I had a pedicure gift certificate for my birthday from last September. I kept thinking, oh, I should get it done in time for spring for Easter. You know what? It's not part of my priority right now, as much as I would love a pedicure, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm choosing that it's more important for me to go get the, the, the things that I need, my flowers. I did that this morning. It was my flowers. It was my sausages for the basket. Um, it's, it's prioritizing your life so that your life doesn't make your priorities, if that makes sense. I don't know. If, you know, you have to choose what it is you're trying to produce in your home, what kind of family culture you're producing, um, and, and choosing um, what you want it to look like. And the ideas that Maya set forth today, as she said, they're, they're simple in the sense that they don't have to cost. It's a matter they're of accessible. Around. They're accessible. Um, but you have to, you have to want that because it does require some planning. It requires some thought. Like you said, the pansies 399, but you do have to go get them. Um, and if you wait until Friday, oh, well, stores are closed Friday. I can't do that. So that intentionality goes along with just us as mothers. Um, what kind of children do we want? What kind of behavior do I like? What kind of decor do I like? All of that as moms, we know is geared towards the the goodness and the holiness and the rearing of good children. So if you see it in that context, then all of a sudden it, the whole thing is elevated, right? And it brings us joy and it brings us purpose. And I don't care if my toes aren't, you know, pedicured for Easter because my kids are joyful and excited that mommy brought the flowers home today, but I'm not putting them out yet. They're going to go hide until Saturday when I will start to, you know, embellish the home. So that brings my heart much more joy to know that there's, there's that that's happening in our home, right? That the that the kids are are, are joining in the uh, of the excitement um, and the anticipation of Easter as well. And and just a a little you know a little plug for my my own mom, you know my my father was a factory worker, and so you know by the world's standards we were poor, but when I lived at home growing up. I never felt poor because my mom brought much so much dignity to the home, you know, and, uh, you know, we had a beautiful chandelier in the dining room. We had uh, beautifully ironed tablecloths in the dining room. The, the, she made it her life's mission that there'd be, you know, order in the home and okay, she didn't have, you know, French flair. But we had a silver teapot, <laughs> and we had porcelain, and we had French antique furniture, and we had a beautiful teapot from Poland that was a wedding gift to her that I still have, right? And so it kind of drives me crazy a little bit sometimes when people say, oh, I'm poor and I can't afford that. And I keep on thinking, well, how did my mom do it? Right. Like she, and uh, and so, no, she didn't. You know, anyway. And so I do think that whatever your state in life is, whatever your income is, there's still an opportunity to elevate and create uh, a dignified home. I, I remember going to other neighbors houses and everything kind of being in a shamble and this and that. And I was always so I was so proud to bring people, you know, to my mom's house to see the chandelier and to see the antique fireplace. I'm like, come to my house, you know. <laughs> it was just, uh, or, or, or Christmas Eve, like it just felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I felt like I was at a people residence because of the way my mother treated it, right? Um, so um, any closing thoughts, uh, Anita, before we say goodbye to everyone? 
Um, no. Did we already do all the closing thoughts? So many closing thoughts. We can go on and on forever. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to start that podcast so we can just talk and talk and talk talk in when they want. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Anyway, so uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I I love these sessions so much. I have a hard time ending them. But I wanted to say goodbye to everyone. And uh, again, I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and pray a prayer seems we just get started and before you know it comes a time we have to say so long whoa not a great singer but uh yeah so love you all thank you anita the other thing too i'm going to encourage you i've got uh, theology of the home number two now carrie gress i think is huge in bringing the feminine and the home and the mom back into whatever. So, you know, pick up her books um, and uh, love you all. Happy Easter. Oh, two things. Next, um, next week, next Thursday, we don't have a session. Um, Our mother's ministry advisory committee is meeting at exactly two o'clock. So please pray for the ministry because there are some significant developments The week after that, we have a priest from Italy, going to be on Midday Moms, um, from Don Bosco's mother house in Turin, Italy, and he's going to be giving a reflection on Mama Margaret, um, who was buried in the mother house of the Salesian movement that he'll be speaking from. So he's going to be talking about how St. Don Bosco would have never been a saint had his mama Margaret not been the woman that she is. And they're both buried in the mother house. So I'm so like, I'm like, it's a miracle. Oh, <laughs> I'm interviewing a priest from Italy on Midday Moms. And that's on April the 15th. So um, mark it on your calendars. Please email us, send us ideas, send us speakers, um, write a testimonial. You know, we love hearing from you. Uh, and if uh, if there's anything else, I've said too much already. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye-bye.